people love superheroes. They swoop out of the sky and save the day. People love that cozy feeling. That superheroes give them. My deepest condolences to Robin's family. She just stepped in the middle of the street. Soups lose hundreds of people each year. It's a collateral damage. It's fucking diabolical. They're all like that? Yeah. Pardon my French. Fuck those fuckers. I've got the boys together. To do what? Spank the bastards for Robin. It's suicide to go after the soups. We can use help stuffing them. Excuse me. I'm sorry, are, are you okay? I'm fine. I'm just having a bad day. It's a work thing. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. She could help us. She's a soup. Just on the rest of them. You're wrong about her. Just remember who your friends and who your enemies are. Just declared war. Well, well, well. It's not, not what it looks like. I thought we had an understanding. I know you're trying to be tough, but we're superheroes. For you. Welcome to yet another episode of Your Heroes of Noise. I am one third of this amazing trio today. My name is Steve. Welcome to episode 79. This is a special one. First of all, my name is Dan, so welcome to the show. But today, guys, I thought I would call this show. What do you think about this name? I'm just throwing it out there. What do you think? The Noise Talks the Boys for this episode. That's very slick. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. We have a guest with us today, and I'm very happy because whenever he comes back, it's always like just having a part of the family with us. Steve, do you mind if I do the introduction? Handle it. Ladies and gentlemen, back once again from across the pond, our buddy Johnny Bucks. Johnny Bucks, what's happening, brother? Hello, chaps. The man. <laughs> Love it when Johnny's here. How you been, man? Oh, I've been great. Thanks, guys. Yeah, enjoying the heat over here. It's been great. What'd you say that the uh, the temperature is for the smart folks out there that'll get this? Oh man, well I I don't know Fahrenheit, but we got up to thirty eight degrees centigrade on Thursday, which was like the hottest it's ever been here. Wow, the hottest! I don't know what that is in American. I'm about to find out. I have to know this now. A hundred degrees Fahrenheit. That's pretty respectable. You're getting a hundred degree Fahrenheit temperature over there. That is hot. We had a hundred and seven yesterday, I believe. But that's fairly standard for you guys, isn't it? Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. And like this time of year, it just it stays this way for a good couple of months. So sorry you're going through the heat, wow. buddy, but you can, you're okay. You're not wilting or anything. Mate, I love it. I, I really like it, actually. How far are you from the nearest ocean? About five minutes walk. So I can see it from my window. Yeah, this guy's living the life. Okay. For, I'm not even feeling bad for him. At all. We look out our window. We see another house. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, dude, so you could just go swimming if you want. Yeah, the other day I did just jumped in. 
Do you ever go down there like to waist deep and take your bass and just play? <laughs> I did buy an acoustic bass so I could sit on the beach and play it. Yeah. <laughs> See? There we go. That is beautiful. Got to corrode your strings, right? All that salt. Yeah, I wouldn't take it in the water though. Come on. <laughs> that is beautiful, dude. Maybe sit on my kayak and play oh, it. You have a kayak? Yeah. Wow. Who is this guy? That's yeah. nature loving shit right there. I love it. I appreciate that. I'm the kind of guy, honestly, I don't know about you, Steve, but because you did live by the ocean for a while. I don't get into the ocean, period. I don't Why? do it. I'm afraid of what's in there. Uh, Maybe if I was in some Caribbean water or something where I can actually see what I'm swimming with, but it's the thought of <laughs> something hitting my leg or even worse, biting my leg, and I can't see what it is. That just freaks me out. It's always been that way. Yeah, man. We're the Jaws generation. Yeah, right? I think that really is like where it was stemmed from. <laughs> yeah. But there's just recently I was, I forget where it was, but they were showing someone was filming. It was a great white shark that was like, it was like 12 feet. That is a big ass shark. So if that's even anywhere remotely near where people are hanging out in the water, I don't want any part of it. Dude, you're bugging. <laughs> Do you get in the water? I used to swim in the ocean all the time. I'm going to be on the beach just hanging out. I mean... I get it. I think the like. I think Johnny Bucks was right. The Jaws thing messed you up. It messed a whole generation up. Yeah, man. I was in Hawaii one time, and the water was perfectly clear. And we did this thing called uh, was it snuba? Yeah, snoobing. It's where you go down. It's like snorkeling, but you have an oxygen tank, and you go down like twenty five feet, and you're hanging out there, and it's beautiful. All these beautiful fish and turtles and shit. And the turtles didn't freak me out for some reason. So I'm I'm down there and suddenly out of the coral comes this long ass eel and it's just like looking me right in the eye and that was it I was done oh, no moss more eel yeah they're scary <laughs> I don't like snakes either so it was kind of like the the yeah, you know I'm not telling one. people what an eel is of course but it was just ocean water snake so yeah I don't go back into the ocean anymore can you swim yeah I can swim it's in the fucking ocean. I mean, but you could have had like a life vest and paddles, Jay. 25 feet down, I have life vest and paddles. I got water wings I, on 25 feet down, Hudson. That's true. I, Come on, snorkeling. man. That's true. Can everyone in your family swim? Yeah. It's like just kind of a normal thing. Like I grew up with the pool, so we swam all the time. I used to be like a fish, but haven't had one for a while. So I think I kind of lost my sea legs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, mighty? <laughs> sea legs now. I'm a fucking pirate. <laughs> How many times you been to Hawaii? How many times you been to Hawaii? Out of curiosity. Ah, deuce, deuce times. Good stuff. Oh, look at this guy, dude. It's been too long. But now that we have somewhere to stay, we could just go ahead and fly over to Kent. Yeah, always welcome. What you just said is like one of the words that's been throwing around a lot in the show. We're about to talk about Kent. You know what I'm getting? <laughs> How you doing, you Kents? Oh, come on, Dan. <laughs> Don't Damn. even trip. Damn. I just said Kent. I'm talking Damn. to the people of Kent. I don't know Damn. if they're called Kentians. Today I chose Kent. Or Superman's Woo. family. Yeah, exactly. To all of the Kents out there, we bid you hello. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Now, so Dan, a show happened recently that was kind of a big deal for all three of us. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, you don't know? Mm-mm. Oh, shoot. Hit me to it, man. So... I used to read this thing called The Boys, and every comic or every, uh, you know, there's a million comics about superheroes. What this is about is when a superhero saves someone, there's obviously collateral damage, and there is a group of people that deal out the punishment for said collateral damage, and they're The Boys. And I thought, this is a genius idea, but I never in the world thought that they could bring this thing to screen. But then recently, a show called Preacher was put to screen. And even then I said, well, Preacher can work. 
but not the boys. And then Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg put the boys to screen on Prime Video. Can you believe it, fellas? Huge component to that, Eric Kripke. Dude, he, I, I honestly believe. Okay, I might be wrong, Dan. Don't quote me. All right, I, I forgive you, man. I was mad that Supernatural was ending. And I was like, I wonder if he ended it to do the boys. You know, I can tell you this. This is just my opinion because we haven't really given our opinion of the show yet. But I would say it's a wise decision. But I have no allegiance to that show. You know what I mean? Uh, referring to Supernatural. I don't That's have an allegiance to it. That's a great show, dude. That's what I hear. So I'm not it's knocking a, it Have you bit. watched it, Bucks? No. Oh, it's a good show. What is there, like 76 seasons of it or something like that? Yeah, like 13. 13 seasons, man. <laughs> yeah. And so, and, and, and as you see, like their Hall H is insane every year. But that's not saying anything because I'm sure some random shows Hall H is crazy every year. Yeah, Hall so, H in general. But still. Yeah. Still. It's a, but, and, and for me, I was like, okay, Kripke, when, when I heard that he was going to be involved, Supernatural is very tame, but it's also on CW. So I imagine he couldn't really do <laughs> what he wanted to. So I was like, oh, Kripke might kind of tame it down. He did not at all. I would imagine after 13 seasons, you're starting to feel a little bit chained to the ground. Oh, dude. If you're on the CW, you know, like <laughs> there's just no way like you can take, there's no way you could even take part of the boys and put it on the CW. How many notes do you think the CW gave him on every episode saying, oh, you know what? We can't really. <laughs> we got to scratch this off. <laughs> Sorry. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. CW is not my kind of a vibe. I've tried very hard with shows. And I'm not going to knock anything, of course, but uh, like shows with The Flash and um, uh, Legends of Tomorrow and things like that. But it's just a little too, uh, I don't know, too PG for me, I guess. Too milk toast. Mm. I, I totally yeah. understand. And I, I can see how Kripke was just like, he probably had something where like somebody gets hit in the jaw and CW was like, you're not going to get away with that. And he said, you know what? One day I'm going to make a show where somebody runs through somebody and explodes them. I'll show the world. I'll show you. <laughs> and he did. <laughs> it happened. Before we go much further, I'm kind of curious. Now, Steve, you've already given your, your oh, yeah. history with the boys. Mm -hmm. uh, I myself have read the boys all the way through one time a long time ago. Since then, there have been many occasions where I'll start reading the boys again, and I'll get about halfway to two-thirds through, and then I whatever. I'll also just like stop, for, and then I'll go back again, and I'll start. So I have a whole bunch of restarts with the boys. Again, I'm about uh, this time around, I believe I am through the first compendium. So there's two more to go. Just my experience with this here, much like Steve, I mean, you, you didn't mention this, of course, but I believe that your first Garth Ennis experience is Preacher, correct? Yes, that's my first ever. And Johnny, how about you? Well, I've been reading Garth Ennis since his times on the British comic 2000 AD. Oh, nice. Okay, so you're, you're way more familiar then. Yeah, up to a point. He, um, he used to write for Judge Dredd and various other strips within that it's like an. I don't know if you guys have ever. Have we ever talked about this? Two thousand AD. I know that you and I have had conversations about this off mic, but I didn't know if we've ever mentioned it on the show. Yeah, well, it's it's a long running. It's been around since like the the late seventies. It sort of came out the same time as punk rock, and um, was a really subversive British comic, which gave birth to Judge Dredd and so many things that have come out of that. Duncan Jones is working on a movie called Rogue Trooper, which is based on another classic story from that at the moment. But all of those guys, Garth Ennis, Grant Morrison, Alan Moore, they all came through 2000 AD and then went on to the States. Neil Gaiman, 
and ended up sort of pretty much taking over the American comics from a writing perspective in the 90s. Right, right. Um, so I've been reading his work for a long time. I was a huge fan of Preacher when it came out. And then the uh, run he did on Punisher was phenomenal with Steve Dillon doing the artwork on that as well. But weirdly, never got around to reading The Boys. Um, had lots of friends saying, you got to read it, you got to read it. Never got around to it. You guys, we were chatting about Preacher and we talked about The Boys and, you know, it, I think it, it came up on one of the shows. But I'd not read it yet and I was getting around to it. So I've just read it all over the last few months. Everything's still fresh. Yeah, so I'm I'm kind of new to it. I'm old to Garth Ennis, but I'm new to the boys. So I've just read the whole thing just a couple of weeks before the show starts. So I've got a slightly different perspective, I guess. How good was that comic, dude? Oh, it was great. It was really <laughs> good. Yeah, I wouldn't put it on quite the same level as Preacher. Oh, interesting. But I really enjoyed right. it. But that's that's no that's that's no criticism yeah. really. Preacher is one of the best of, ever. Of all the it. of all the comics I've ever read, that I think preach the preacher, the whole run of preacher is probably the best thing I've ever. Yeah, read. I'm with you. Dude. It's incredible. And we're talking, you know, I've read Sandman and I've read, you know, Watchmen and I've read loads of shit. But I think as a, as an experience, reading Preacher was the best experience I've had reading a comic book series. That's I agree with that. But I really did like the boys. I liked it an awful lot. I love Garth Ennis' sense of humor. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, and I love how he, he loves to attack um, establishments and powerful people. Yes. Yeah, he was ahead of the curve on that one. Again, it's that very British sort of punk rock anti-establishment kind of vibe, you know. But yeah, I, so yeah, I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed the book a lot. Like you, I tend to go more with Preacher. I mean, you know, I've read Preacher so many times that it has become a part of me. And with the boys, because I haven't gotten through it multiple times, but, you know, like I said, sort of started over and over again, I guess you can say that my knowledge base isn't quite there. Like we were actually going to do a dedicated podcast to the boys and I was ready to do the deep dive and really just like dig into everything. It didn't end up happening just because of time and everything like that. But um, I think even still, I would agree with you that I think the boys is... I don't want to say a lesser comic, but it's not my favorite when it comes to comparing the two. That said, for some of the people that have been listening to this for a while, I've got some shit to say <laughs> that may surprise some of you. We do another show called The Word, The Unofficial Preacher Podcast, and it's about the AMC show Preacher. It's going to be coming back August 4th. Yay. We love this show. Yeah. Yay. Right. Totally. We're excited. We actually just recorded our, our first episode for season four yesterday, and that'll be coming out later this week. Now, here's the deal. I love this show. I've seen... As you know, I've seen all of them multiple times. So I know that show very well, almost as well as I know the comic. Now, here's the thing. As much as I love that show, guys, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to have to say, honestly, that I feel like The Boys is a better quality show. I feel like they have taken some notes from Preacher, and I think that they have expanded on that. And they know now what they can and can't get away with, and they know what they should try to avoid. You know what I mean? So... I, I'm kind of just all about the boys right now. I'm really surprised how much I like this show because it's it's kind of like all I want to do. Like if I honestly, I know it's like not healthy, but I can just <laughs> sit there and just watch this shit over and over and over again. The styling of the show, uh, the fact how they took some pretty raunchy and, and controversial material and still kept it fairly controversial, worse in some parts than others. And much like Preacher, they took the original source material and they sort of reworked it. 
And even in this case, they did it better, in my opinion. I feel like they, you know, they didn't go so far away from it and throw in a, like a name or two. So you have some familiarity with the show in season one. They took established characters and they basically gave us a backstory this time. And then we'll talk about the differences in a little bit. But um, I'm kind of curious what you guys think. I'm, I'm going to rate it in just a little bit. But just to go around after watching the first season, what did you guys think? Steve? I was a person that was going to come in this like very very because i didn't buy carl urban as the butcher because i had lived with the butcher in my brain and who i thought could play him mind you mother's milk and the butcher are just not humanly i mean unless you're gonna get the rock and you need some super big dudes exactly and the rock's not gonna probably do that part because he's and i only say him because him and michael clark duncan are probably the only two people and I'm just like, they could have probably gotten away with it. And they're not going to do the boys, obviously, Michael Clark, for unfortunate reasons. But so anyway, um, the butcher, I don't know who would have done that part. I don't know who's built like they would have to find a newcomer. So I'm like, OK, well, maybe they'll get some newbies. But when I saw Carl Urban, I was like, ay, ay, ay. he's not exactly a, you know, what I thought in my brain, let alone mother's milk. I was like, definitely not who I thought. Huey, I was like, wait, he's not Huey. And he looks so much like his dad. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and it, and so as I started watching, the, it had a lot going against it. Within one episode, I said, oh, no. Sold. Is this going to be better than Preacher? And then the second episode... As, and the funny thing is, here's what made me know that this was a better, better show. I loved all the characters. I loved how they introduced everyone, mm-hmm. how they did the whole introduction. And here's, but here's where it really took another level. When Homelander got in his bag, when he actually filled out the character during the show where he figured out this is how I'm going to play Homelander, it was over. This guy is a star and this show is on a different level. Everything on this show is amazing. So I'm going to say this show so far, the year is not done is easily the show of the year for me. Not even close so far. The show of the year. And I'm going to turn it over to bucks. Wow. Okay. Well, first off, before I say anything else, I'm thinking season two, which has been confirmed. I think me and everybody else who listens to you guys on a regular basis would like you to do that as a show. Oh! You know, I'm just throwing it out there. You mean you want a dedicated podcast? Uh, you want, yeah, we all want the podcast. You know that. Oh, Come God. On, you know, real quick, I'm sorry to cut you off, man, but I'm telling you one thing since you mentioned that, <laughs> and I think Steve will agree. Had we known how good this show was going to be. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, like it was one of those things because yeah. here's the situation. And I'm really sorry, John. I'll, I'll get right back to you. But we really wanted to do it. We were in talks to do it. We not in talks. I make it sound oh, like I we're know. sitting in business meetings. But, you know, we were talking about it. We were telling other people and bouncing the idea off of people. Yeah, yeah. And it just came down to timing because, as we all know, the boys dropped yeah. at once, which is a new thing for us as far as like, how would you how do you how yeah. do you navigate that? You know what I mean? Do you do one show a week and and by 10 weeks later everyone's kind of done with it or do we just knock them all out at once do we do one giant show there was a lot to that we were thinking about and on top of Mm. that preacher starts up on sunday so it was like okay are we really going to try to do three shows 
you know, because we don't want to stop yeah, doing Heroes of man. Noise. We certainly can't stop doing the word as it's last season. So it was just one of, the, I think it was a timing thing. I think if Preacher was done, course, yeah. we absolutely would have done it. But had I known that this show was as good <laughs> as it was, yeah, I think I would have tried, Steve. I think I would have been a pain in your ass saying, let's get up eight o'clock in the morning, man. We're going to do three shows this week. It was so good. That's, I, I totally agree. I'll just say that. All right. Yeah. Sorry, John. Back to you, though, sir. I love the fact that you guys, uh, obviously, I got into you guys on the word. Right. You know? That's that's when I first came across you fellas. So it's great that you're going to see that through. But like, all I'm saying is, you know, it's the final season of Preacher, right? What are you going to do? <laughs> you got to do something, right? It's true. You know, what are you going to do next it's year? true. You make a great point. <laughs> you know. It's the perfect fit, really, isn't it? It, it kind of is. <laughs> it is a nice gap filler. Well, I'll tell you what, if you do, guys don't do it, I'm going to do it. And you can go. Oh, come on. Is. What are you doing, Bucks? It's <laughs> over. You done put it in the atmosphere. <laughs> you got to do it. Yeah, I've said it. It's out there now. I'd rather you guys did it, obviously. But. Well, I guess we got at least a year to figure this out. So that is something that we can definitely come back to. Yeah, yeah. They are filming as we speak right now on Twitter. They said they have the, you know, what are the what are the little thing in action things? Oh, clapperboard. Yeah, they have that. And it shows the boys season two filming. Oh, now. good God. Oh, sweet. Sooner than later. Yeah. But, you know, all, all you fellow uh, podcast community members and listeners, let these guys know. <laughs> oh, no, it's to too late. It. You're already doing it. Let's get this organized. Let's get on their case. Fox is already doing it. <laughs> Good deal. See, Steve's deferring right now, but you know, I'm going to be like, as soon as we hang up, I'm going to be like, hmm, I think he's got a point. <laughs> All right. So, Johnny, your thoughts. Um, well, having read the comic, really, like I say, I'm, I'm, I'm just fresh off the back of it. Um, I'm really pleased that I was because I could immediately sort of compare and mm -hmm. contrast with it, with it fresh in my mind. <laughs> I watched the trailer, right? It all began with the trailer and I heard... Carl Urban's accent, and I thought, oh, <laughs> no. What is this going to be like? This is a problem. All you other UK-based listeners, or even if you're from New Zealand or anywhere, really, English-speaking outside of the US, it's a bit of a problem, isn't it? The accent. <laughs> that is so funny. Is it distracting to you to or the point, like you're sort of being taken out of the scenes or? Yeah, yeah. Really? It, 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 initially, initially, yeah. I mean, it, as soon as I'd watched the trailer, I thought, right, I need to, I need to get my head around this. Unless they're going to fix it somehow. He's clearly not getting the accent right. It's, it's all over the fucking place. <laughs> that is so funny <laughs> to me. I didn't even, I thought he was nailing it. And Johnny was like, nope. No, it's definitely not nailing it. It's it's he's proper Dick Van Dyke in it up <laughs> in his own charming Kiwi way. But um one side kind of adjusted and adapted to thinking, right, well he's he's clearly not a na native Londoner. He's a Kiwi that's spent a lot of time in London and has ended up with some sort of a weird version of the mid Atlantic accent, like the mid Pacific accent or whichever way around you want to go. But he's, he's kind of obviously got a blended accent. So once I'd accepted that, yeah, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was great. And, and it got better and better as it went along. So much. And the choices they made to change it from the, the comic book, the decisions they made to slightly adapt it or, or change some things quite majorly were really, really smart and good decisions, I think. The way they've translated it from the book to TV and also from the 90s to now, I think were were really smart decisions and in some cases necessary decisions. Yep. I think. There's just some things, John, that you just can't do anymore. And there was a nineties, as you're saying, there was a nineties mentality yeah. in the comic 
that I guess was, yeah. uh, for lack of a better word, commonplace, right? I mean, we just didn't know any better, you know? And, and, and I don't think that, I think that yeah. Garth was yeah. definitely cutting edge. I mean, I truly love that he just has that don't give a fuck attitude. But going forward yeah. in time, there's just certain things that you just can't do anymore. I mean, if you want to avoid a yeah. lot of trouble, <laughs> you have to sort of bend. And the way, you're yeah. right, the way that they did that was just so well because it wasn't so off-putting. Like, in other words, going back to Preacher again, season one it was off-putting to me. You know what I mean? Because, like, they're doing a whole other backstory, but they did it in a way, in my opinion, where it just it mm. kind of was a mistake. They, it was a little bit unnecessary what they did. These guys have expanded on it and for lack of a better term, made it politically correct to some degree, of course. And mm-hmm. it's just more palpable, yeah. I guess, to to the general public, to some people. Now, you know, that's not the case with everyone, of course. But yeah, man, I, I totally agree with you. I think that the way that he did that was just, uh, or the way that they did that, I should say, is just so stylish and very smart. Like, I think that there was a lot of meetings involved with that. How are we going to tackle yeah. this to make it palpable for everyone? And not lose fans. Yeah. And it, there's a yes. lot of things that happened in the comic, the 90s comic, that it would be very, very difficult to redeem some of them in the mind of today. Mm. Like by yes. the end of the ep- you still hate them by the end of the yeah, show. Because you're so like, they did that, it's over. If they did the original Starlight, um, the little qualification ceremony thing... Where if they did the original from the comic, very few people would get over it by the end. They'd be like, oh, this was just terrible. Because it was not just, it wasn't just one person in the comic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, even doing the one person in the show, it was still some people were like, and so if they would have been like, Mm. Homelander coming in, like, hey, hey, hey. They were like, oh, no, no, no. This can't, this can't happen, man. Because And so I think it was good for them to say, you're going to have to build Homelander to how evil he is. In the comic, they didn't build. They just threw in that thing. And at the time, it would still be like, well, he's gross. That's nasty. But right now, if he would have done that, there is nowhere to build him to now. He already did the most evil thing. It's over now. He's eaten. But in the show, they build him to this thing. And then there's a certain plane, uh, plane scene where you're like, oh, this guy is horrible. <laughs> That's what makes you know, oh, this guy's a horrible monster. <laughs> but if they would have just started out with the starlight scene, you would have been like, oh, he's a horrible monster. Game over. It's just such smart TV making. It's just wise. Well, for the purposes of this, and we're not going to go too spoiler heavy no. with this, we probably will have some light spoilers, but we all decided right before recording that you know, it's still a new show. It's only been out for the weekend. And of course, we just absorb this thing like sponges, but not everyone does that. So we don't want to ruin it for everyone. So you might get some light spoilers. We'll allude to a few things, but I think we're going to try to keep it as, as uh, you know, as safe as possible so you can still enjoy it. But getting to that airplane scene, Steve, do you think that they did that? And Johnny, too, because it's more fresh in your head. Do you think that they did that to sort of uh, replace the 9-11 stuff and kind of do two things at once? Yeah. I agree with Johnny. Yeah. I mean, I was just yeah. uh, actually reading through that part last night again, just to, for, you know, for notes purposes. And it does make sense. I mean, if you look at the frames mm-hmm. and you look at what's on the show, they're very similar. The situations are very yeah. similar. So I, I feel like it's a good way to tackle something yeah. and not have yeah. to go back in time to do so, you know? Definitely. And it's Definitely. so smart how they made Homelander. Now, here's what I'll say. I don't sympathize with him at all. But the, the way that they give his backstory, you say, what else could have happened? What did you think would have come out of this? What you guys did? 
You know mm. what I'm saying? I don't sympathize with them, but they at least say, hey, this is what was happening before. And this is what came out of what they were doing. And I'm like, yeah, I totally get that. Just like in the comic, I was like, yeah, what else did you think was going to happen? I didn't think it was going to transfer well onto the show. But I'm like, I don't like the guy, but what else do you think you would have created doing this thing? Yeah, this is what happens. This thing is what happens. And so I was like, oh, this is brilliant. Just brilliant filmmaking, G. I don't know who sat down with the whiteboard, but however they said, here's how we're going to connect the dots. Did it flawlessly, G. Flawlessly. I would even dare say he's my star player in the show. Oh, yeah. I agree with you 100%. Star play- And he wasn't that in the comic. How many different emotions the actor has to, the Anthony Starr has to toggle with? There's one part where he tears up but looks really evil. I'm like, oh, he doesn't want to tear up. He's just thinking about something that makes him so mad. Yeah. And he's like, oh. I was like, oh, he's an actor. He's excellent. He's absolutely excellent in this. Do you think he's the star player? Uh, yeah, 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 definitely. He's the, he's the standout. Although um, I've always liked Elizabeth Shue, and I think she's fantastic in this as well. She puts her all into this. Like, yeah. it seems like everyone on this show knows what show they're on. Yeah. They know. And they're fully bought in. And then Giancarlo Esposito makes a random appearance. Hey! I said, okay. Never mind him. <laughs> Never mind him. Malcolm Barrett's in it. Come on. Malcolm yeah. Barron makes a random appearance. <laughs> he's a friend of your show, right? Friend of the word? Yes, Oh, he yeah, he's a, friend of, he's a friend of Dan. Yeah. Dan's he's a buddy. friend of the show. Another reason that you guys have to cover season two. <laughs> <laughs> John's just trying to sell us on season two, period. And Dave Blass as well. He's the production designer. Another friend of yours. Did a great job. So good. Let's talk about that for just a second. Is it me? Because... Yeah, I guess I have some bias. I mean, he's a nice guy and he was nice enough to do the show and everything like that. And he, he's, a, he's a, a big personality. You know, he has a lot to say. So I really like that guy. But when Preacher was on, particularly in season one, and he was tweeting a lot and showing all the little background stuff that he does, this man pays so much attention to detail. Like, it's just true freaking love that he puts into mm. this stuff. And did anyone else, like, notice that? Like, that quality? Like, I was looking for it, personally. So I don't know if it's just me and I'm biased, but I really feel like he truly brings something to the to the set. From the amount of blood to the little Easter eggs to all mm. that stuff, man. You don't get that with everybody. Yeah. Oh, for sure. He's doing the Lord's work, ladies and gentlemen. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I mean, let's, let's just kind of get into it. And like we said, ladies and gentlemen, this is a sort of a, uh, a light spoiler show. But if you're not familiar with the boys, I know we just mentioned it a little bit, but let's go ahead and just give you the premise of what this show is about, particularly the Amazon version. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. A group of vigilantes set out to take down corrupt superheroes who abuse their superpowers. What if superheroes just got away with everything? What if they were employed by a gigantic organization that sort of governed everything they did, but hit a lot of things? Who do you call in for checks and balances? You call the boys in. And that's what we're here to talking about today. I don't really know where to start with this because I don't want to break it all the way down. But if I may, I just want to, the little things of detail that they did that I just thought was so awesome. Did anyone notice right from the very top, the cool Marvel nod that they do with the Vought Studios intro? Yeah. Wait a minute. You said the Marvel intro they did? Yeah. Well, it's not a Marvel intro, but it's total nod to Marvel because, you know, picture like the opening of a Marvel movie, all the different frames and everything with the music in the background. They basically did that, but they did their own version of it with Heroes from the Boys. And it comes out at the end. It's Vought Studios. So cool that they did mm. that. I didn't even peep that. I didn't even know yeah, that. Yeah, check it out when That's you get That's really a cool. I think they only do it on the first episode, if I'm not mistaken. Because you know how like when you're when you're streaming, 
you just hit next one and it goes. Oh, so I don't yeah. know if they're doing it okay. every single I'm time around. Oh, yeah, but it is something that they do right up at the top. And I thought that was awesome. I don't want to like hijack the show or anything, but should we talk comparisons to the comics? Should we just sort of talk about what we liked? What, what do you think? Uh, I don't know how the thing is like it's what they're doing right now. There's certain things that happen in so many various comics. Yes. That I couldn't really compare them because it's not a linear. I'm like, oh, that normally happens in like the fourth edition, but they brought mm-hmm. it and happened it. And I was like, okay, I can't really know where they're going. Cause yeah. they might, I might be like, oh, but they didn't do this thing. They're like, yeah, not yet. Yeah. They're going to do it, but just not in a sequential order. Like the lying down on the, there's a part where someone is lying on a lawn and runs into someone that they thought was whatever. Yeah. Right. That doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That just does not happen. So I'm like, oh, so they're just, you, it's really hard to compare. Yeah. It's like, who knows? They're going to take little bits from here. But I will say, none of the people look anything like the characters in the book, except for maybe Frenchie. What about the female yeah, of the species? Yeah, female, definitely. I mean, she <gasps> looks pretty good. When she's all messy, she looks pretty close. When she's jumping around and like doing what she <laughs> yeah. does, uh, her first intro to what she yeah. can do was pretty yeah. brilliant. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you, Steve. I'm just saying personally, I thought that they hit that right on the nose, man. They actually surprised me with that one because I was curious how they were going to handle that. Are they going to make her as vicious as she is mm-hmm. in the comic? And yes. the answer is yes. <laughs> well, see, I, I thought they were going to go with it. In my opinion, I would have gone with uh, a teenager, a skinny, okay. tiny little teenager, because in the book, she's so little. Yeah. This girl is kind of a normal size woman. That girl, the reason that she's so surprising in the book is that she's so little. And I was like, why didn't she just get a teen? Like this, like the Wolverine's daughter. That that she was so surprising because you're like, this is a girl killing everybody. I think they should have made her that. I feel you. But again, she was perfectly fine. Let's just say one thing about the show versus the comic is that when you enter the show on Amazon, you are actually dealing with people that don't have certain skills yet. I'll I'll put it that way. Their backstory is not filled because it's just get up and go. Much like Preacher, it's just go. So you meet these people. They're already established as this team. I like that they did that because we are kind of getting to know these people from a different angle. The whole female backstory is intriguing to me. I don't know how much they're going to run with that or whatever, but uh, I I thought it was nice, man. I just think it's cool to kind of flesh these people out. Mm. I thought it was different that they did uh, Madeline Stilwell versus James Stilwell, TV to comic. Because much like you're saying, Steve, without getting into it, a certain grass scene really wouldn't have been in the shot. I mean, they just no. wouldn't have been in, the, sh- in yeah. the show, rather. But yeah, just little things like that. I know I don't want to keep repeating myself, of course, but I think that they just handled this so well. And they kept some of the key things that you need to see that a lot of people are just going to take at face value if they haven't read the comic. But something just as subtle as, say, Butcher's Crowbar. Yeah. You know, the scene in the electronic yeah. shop. I was like, oh, look at the crowbar. Yeah, yeah. There it is. You know, I just love the way that they did that. There were so many cool fan service things that they did yeah. that I just so much. And the appreciate. overcoat, you put the overcoat on in the last episode. It's like, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. he had it on in the beginning, yeah, too. Yeah. He had it on the beginning. Remember, because oh, yeah, yeah. uh, uh, Huey told him that he looked like a porn version of the <laughs> Matrix. Yes. <laughs> I don't think they're making a big enough deal about the, the coats. Yeah. They're not yeah. making it enough of a thing because everyone i thought it that's one thing i miss is that everyone in the comic had that jacket like you would know that they're the boys because they're coming with that jacket when huey got his jacket i just missed that yeah well i think that it also gives us some room to play around in season true 
True. There's so much to the story still that I think that they're being wise about setting up this backstory, doing it in a better fashion than it was done on season one of Preacher. And they're giving us room for this stuff to happen later on. Like, I, I can totally see this going to season three, season four. Easy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For a while, I was thinking that possibly Madeline Stilwell was going to be the Susan Rayner part, you know, the CIA yeah. operations director, because I, I just thought that. She was like the uh, strongest female presence, at least in the marketing campaign. So I'm thinking, okay, is she going to, and I wasn't really thinking of James Stilwell at the time. So I'm thinking, is it going to be, because Jennifer Esposito does a great job in this as Susan Rayner. But I was for some reason thinking that somehow they were going to sort of like merge Madeline Stilwell and Susan Rayner together to create this, this character. But I don't know. What did you think of the uh, female casting? And I should be more specific too. I don't mean the female of the species. I just meant the casting of the female actors. What did you think of them? I thought Starlight was fine. I mean, would I have liked a different person? Yes, probably. But I see when they made it, when they did the whole, uh, when, when it got up to the Christian arena, I said, oh, she looks that part for sure. That I buy. And so I'm like, okay, I'm buying that this is her background because she looks like the typical person from that church. For sure. No question. Mm. So I'm like, okay, I buy that. Uh, Queen Maeve was a freaking star. That's who I want. Like, she's Wonder Woman. She could have been Wonder Woman for me because she just has a presence. And so I loved Queen Maeve. Um, Jennifer Exposito was fine. Um, Elizabeth Shue, she was really good. I think what you're saying could have been actually really smart if she if they merged the character. I think that actually could have been pretty interesting. Where they're like, oh, he's in cahoots with this person that's juggling knowing that he's after who she is creating. I thought that would have been really interesting. But we haven't had the Butcher and Jennifer do anything. So there's nothing there. And remember, she takes a, like her life takes a huge downturn, which might happen in the second season. So I liked all of them. What, what about you guys? I like that the Mallory was also a female part in this. Yes. I thought that was a nice touch as well. And I thought it added ex- oh, it yeah. added extra weight to the um you know the backstory there about what what happened. That also leads me to believe John that do you think that we are going to get these backstories? They do mention the lamplighter. Yeah. <laughs> they do mention Mallory's situation as you were alluding to. They also talk about teenage kicks a lot. Yeah. I'm just wondering if they're dropping these things. You know, we heard the name Tech Knight. We heard, jeez, yeah. uh, who else did we hear? Just we heard several names. Uh, of course, Popclaw was in it, but we they did give us that. I'm hoping that they they do a little bit more. Speaking of female characters, Popclaw, you know, again with the whole teenage kicks thing. I'm I'm glad that they they're dropping these people yeah. in, and I think it's actually kind of wise at the same time too, because if you think about it. If they didn't change, say, uh, Madeline Stillwell, if they didn't change Mallory up, start counting the number, like the ratio is yeah. what I'm getting at. I mean, it technically is the boys. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it was kind of cool to like even that out. Yeah. Again, I think that's one of the ways that they've, they've adapted it in, in a really cool way. You know, you want, you want the TV show to have as much of, of an impact and a shock value as the books. But to do that in today's society, in today's political climate and everything else, it's got to be slightly different. And I think and I think the way they've changed it has helped to sort of uh, really zero in on those moments of impact having maximum effect given the current sort of climate. That's totally true. Because a lot of people would have been like, you guys are just going overboard to go overboard. Yeah. That's what you're doing. You're trying to be like, 
how we're going to go after everybody that thinks you're, oh, we're so sensitive. You're so sensitive. No, they really just, they kind of held back a lot. Yeah, they're picking the moments and they're picking their targets, you know? And I think exactly uh, in, a, in a really, really clever way. Considering what happens in the beginning with Starlight, there's a conversation later on that kind of was just like, kind of did a so what? Whatever you did, so what? Who cares? Life goes on, move on. That sort of thing. But I was like, um, it's dope that they're trying to be like, you're not your worst, what you did at worst. But um, I could see how if someone had been coerced into that situation, they'd be like, it's not that easy to just be like, eh, it's your worst situation. Now you could become something else. I'm like, they really toggled it wisely. Mm. They didn't make it a light thing. They didn't make it a nothing thing. They just were like, look, it happened. And now she has a bit of the backstory she did in the book, just not to the extent. Yeah. We don't need to go all the way there. Yeah. She now has a bit of backstory. And I still don't know her full backstory. We don't even know, as much as I like to be like, oh, Starlight, like, that's because of the comic. But in the in the TV show, we really don't know a lot about her. Like, how was it when she first discovered she had powers? How was that? How did that change? We don't know anything about any of these people, really. Mm. Yeah, there was no time given to the young Americans. No. There's so much that they can do now, dude. Right. Which, to people that haven't read the comic, we have the seven, of course, in the show, but there are young Americans, Teenage Kicks, several other teams, lots of other teams, actually, that they're all referenced throughout the comic. But um, yeah, so there's a lot that they can do with this. Mm. You know, I'm kind of glad that they didn't give us the full backstory on that. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what they were betting on a second season. I mean, they bet heavy on it because they left it on a cliffhanger. If you look back at old tweets from Eric Kripke, it's almost like the confidence was there. You know what I mean? Like he he was so, so into this show when he was tweeting about it that I it almost seems like it was a lock. <laughs> like, like he already knew something that we didn't, like a two-season deal or something right yeah. up front. You know, of course, when you're doing a new show and you're going to try and uh, market it, you're of course, you're going to say all good things about it. But I felt like there was a level of bravado in his tweets that sort of had me thinking that, okay, I think they had multiple seasons. I- I'm starting to think maybe that's the way things are going. I mean, th- look at Stranger Things, a bigger beast, but they were pretty much filming as season three dropped. They were doing season four. So maybe that's the way things are going in the streaming services. Now. Yeah. I would say like, I think when you're Kripke and you just had 13 seasons of a show, being canceled isn't a thing. Yeah, I mean, they know he has longevity. Yeah, sure. and he's just like, I I don't, I go into things knowing that I'm going to have a bunch of seasons. He went in probably even if they didn't guarantee it. He's like, I'm so good at what I do that I know I'm going to get a second season. Maybe because that, I mean, if I came off of a 13 year killing it with ratings show, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to do it again. That's how I do it. And this is what you get when you have a seasoned showrunner. Yeah, he's a polished That's what's happening. Yep, that's what they got a seasoned, polished person that knows how to make a 13 season arc continue. And he's like, I know how to build a show and make it so it goes for a long time. That's a seasoned showrunner. And this is what happens when you give a great story to a great showrunner. Magic happens. What are your thoughts on how they revamped some of the characters, say the deep? <laughs> like to me, to me, it seems like and it's, it's definitely a, uh, a bit of a nudge 
to DC or Marvel for the fact that I mean, like the deep <laughs> now looks like fucking Aquaman. You know what I mean? They're not even pretending. <laughs> in the comic, of course, I know. Yes, I guess I am that guy that's going to be the in the comic guy. But in the comic, you know, it basically he looks more like something you would see out of a uh, like a well, guy like Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, or you know what yeah, I mean, yeah. or. Uh, uh, or like the little dude in your fish tank, that kind of thing, you know? Um, mm. But I, I think that they did this as a bit of a joke, but I mean, I guess they kind of had to modernize things too. I mean, they kept Black Noir looking just just dope as hell. A-Train, of course, looks pretty close outside of, uh, you know, an ethnicity change, looks pretty close to the comic. So that needed to be done. If you're going to keep the deep in there, then you got to you gotta do something because it, it was a little bit clunky if you're actually going to do live action with something like that. Well, the deep's a much more um, featured character than he was in the books. Yes, you know he was he was kind of a more of a background kind of guy, but yeah, he's a much more upfront character in this one. He's got a, a larger share of what's going on. They've taken him into like a sort of comedic direction, which I've really enjoyed. Like Johnny said, I'm shocked that they spend so much time with the deep. I don't know what they're angling for, like what his arc is going to be, but there's something that's going to be going on with him. Well, you know, Steve, I think you hit the nail on the head earlier, man. They chose him to be the offender in that particular scene with Starlight, right? And it's wise to do so because in the comic, it's Homelander, A-Train, and Black Noir that are in that room. Yes. So if you automatically douchebag out your your big characters, for instance, Homelander, you're going to have that that negative connotation to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. They focused on one guy, made him sort of the scapegoat and yes, comic relief. But at the same time, as we know, the tables are turned quite drastically towards the end of the season. Right. And there's mm. a little bit of, I don't want to say redemption, but I think there is a little bit of, um, I think karma is at work. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> With his character. Mm. And, and it shows his fall from grace. It shows his, uh, insecurities very well and then i'm referring to the one particular scene where the the tables are extremely turned on him when he's with a, a female counterpart in his room yeah. i know i'm being yeah. very vague about that you know it has to do with gills and i'll yes. just say that but um <laughs> yeah so i think that they did that on purpose so that way you can build like black noir for some reason is just left pristine in the show the three of us know what's going to happen if it happens that way. Yeah. And I'm thinking that they did that on purpose because there's a pretty big story break at towards the end of the comic. And I think that, that that's why they're doing that with him. So I think it's important to kind of keep your main guys clean. You got Black Noir, who's essentially clean. You haven't really seen what he can do just yet. You have Homelander, who, of course, is the main bad. But he also has these uh, qualities about him that makes you you don't want to stop watching him while he's on television. But whenever you see the deep, of course, you definitely get that, oh, that fucker. He's the guy that you want to hate on the show. So I think they were smart how they played that. A few mm. things on that. I love what you said there. I think the interesting thing about the Deep is he took advantage of someone that was powerless to him at the time. But then later on, this girl tells him he, she, she's doing something and she pretty much is like, shut up, you freak. Yes. And he sits there and takes it because he can only prey on the powerless. Like, he doesn't have the gonads to to be like, I'm going, I'm going to punch up. He can only punch down, which is most of the time for those douches. He can only punch down. And even the hotel, the guy that he was renting from for a certain reason, he had to rent in a certain city, or not renting, but the guy that was in charge, he was like, there's a part where he's like, I'm leaving. He's like, you're not going anywhere. He didn't be like, yes, I am. He doesn't even have that in him. Anyone could just take control of this guy unless you're totally powerless. And I thought that was an interesting thing that they did. They're like, oh, you, you got to see that he's only powerful to those he feels 
that he could have power over. Because as soon as someone established their power and kind of threatened him, he was scared. Immediately, the same person he had just did that terrible thing to is immediately he's scared of now. I mean, you could tell that the first meeting after the incident when she said that she's not going anywhere and her eyes brighten up like that. Bingo. And I think that was super smart to play him that way, Steve, because it, you know, if you just look at it at face value, then he's just the bully, so yes. to speak. But he ends up getting his. And if people were made uncomfortable by that first scene, I don't know if it necessarily gives them the justice that they're looking no. for for that guy. But no. at the same time, it paints a picture of who he truly is. And I, th- yeah. I, th- I think the hard thing about the Homelander in the comic is he does this horrible thing in the beginning. And, you know, it took so long for him to get his. So long. And I don't think people have the patience for that because that would take like five seasons. And like, will you please someone? But he doesn't yeah. get his to the very end. And I love how they made Homelander. They're like, uh, they were rattling off everybody's vices. And they said, oh, well, then what does Homelander do? And the butcher is like, he's flawless. He doesn't drink. He doesn't smoke. He is a walking perfection. Butcher didn't want to say it like that, but he's like, there's nothing. I've looked. He doesn't have a vice. Little did he know he did. And he's like, oh, the vice is this whatever. But then Homelander shows him, oh, no, you forgot. I really don't have vices. I will get rid of anything. And so he's a perfect antihero. What do you take from someone who cares about nothing? Oh, well, then you can't drink anymore. I don't drink. You can't smoke anymore. I don't smoke. Well, the person you like, I'm going to take this person. It's like, well, I don't care about anyone. What do you do to a man who can't be, you can't shoot him, hurt him, and he cares about no one? Ass bomb. Oh, no, that was someone else. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. He's my favorite villain that I've seen in a very long time. Oh, no question. Because he's a villain that it's going to take more than just, well, let's find his weakness. Billy the the Butcher thought he found something and he didn't. And it's like, well, then what do you, I can't just become as strong as him because no matter what you do, uh, the comic will, will explain that he is a special specimen. He was a spe- I know, and everybody that read the comics knows he's a special specimen, which is why he's the Homelander. And also, another thing I like this is such off topic. I loved when they kind of shot out. They they sent a shout out to all like Superman. Did you peep the like the undercut to Superman? They didn't purposely do it, but it was like, oh yeah, that wouldn't work. Where she was like, hey, get under this thing and just fly it to somewhere else. He said, there is no ground. What am I pressing against? I said, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. I never even thought of that. I said, I never thought of that. He's like, I'm not, there's no force underneath. What am I pressing against? I said, oh man. And she's like, well, just punch this thing up. He's like, I would either fly through or break it in half. I said, oh, they're using physics. They're like, <laughs> it would not work. Me being as small as I am and as strong would just break the thing in half. I was like, dude, this show is on a different level, y'all. Because <laughs> they could have just done the cute thing. But they're like, these are the reasons these ideas wouldn't work physically. How genius is that? Also, real quick, from for both of you guys, out of, out of curiosity, if he would have pressed too hard in the middle of the plane, would have just broken the plane in, in two? I think it depends on how much comic we're talking. Take Superman, for instance. He's just able to do those things. Mm-hmm. 
they actually sort of talk about it in the comic where there is another plane incident and it's uh who is it it's homelander and i believe he has uh marathon on yes. his back yes and they're flying at this damn plane of course the speed's a lot different but they, yeah they crash right through that plane so mm. i don't know you know um you asked an interesting question the other day steve and and maybe we can kind of figure out some of the uh the elements of that is it just is it comic physics is it uh That's physics? The, is it, i i feel like it's based way more real world because they've mentioned cardi b and beyonce they're trying to be yeah. like this is set in your timeline so i'm like oh they're trying to be grounded but here's a question i have for both of y'all because i was doing the superman thing i'll toss it to bucks in this real world universe who wins in a fight homelander or superman uh superman oh give me the rationale bucks i think he edges him on the speed front because superman can go so fast he can turn back time right that's true, because remember, they were so fast, he had to race Flash. So Homeland is fast, but you can see that guy when he's moving, right? Oh, yes. And he's not yes. like A-Train or whatever. He's just like, Phew, he's gone, he's back again. That's true. The Superman can do that. So I think he could probably outmaneuver him from that point of view. That is totally true. What about you, Dan? So we were just talking about the whole physics thing with the plane, right? Superman doesn't have that problem. He's not tripping on something being beneath him. So let's say he was in a some type of a air battle with Homelander. This is such nerdy shit. I love it. And you know he would <laughs> he would be able to get under that plane, carry it where he needed it to, and cast it at at a Homelander. So he's got that jump on him when it comes to like the physics part of it. However, Homelander does have heat vision, right? He does have super strength. Yes, he can fly, but. The thing that he has the advantage over Superman on is much like the thing that happens with, like, say, Zod or something like that. He's got no morals. Yeah. So he's, he's willing to play dirty. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. would be willing to sacrifice thousands of people to beat Superman. Do you know what I mean? Whereas Superman yeah. would probably just sacrifice himself or allow himself to be injured to save all of these people. So there's a huge advantage when it comes to morals. So I don't know. I think that it'd be an awesome match. And we don't know his kryptonite either, do we? That's true. We don't know his weakness, and the weaknesses that he shows aren't anything that he that would really interfere with him in a battle. Ooh, interesting. That is there. See, for me, I think it if if they're just like if there's two possibilities. Number one, they said we're gonna put you in an arena and you guys are gonna fight. That's one possibility. In that fight, Superman might edge it. If they just run into each other. Homeland's going to kill Superman because Superman's going to do the Homelander now. You know, we could do this a better and Homelander just going to blaze him because he doesn't have that in him. He's like, why are we talking? Let's get to the funk. He's just going to <laughs> cut him in half instead of doing that. Now, now that's not Homelander. And so, yeah, there's I, no rationalizing. No, no, no. He's like, this is going down today. Let's do it. But if it was a, I'm going to have an arena. Superman's gonna gonna just do him in because he already has it in his brain. This is how I'm gonna beat him. That's not how Homelander works. Homelander's like, here's how I'm gonna beat him. I'm gonna get into the arena and then I'm just gonna fight and blaze everything. And he'll just blaze the whole arena trying to get Superman wherever he flies. That, but if they just ran into each other, oh dude, while Superman is getting his big, you know, this world can be a better play. That whole thing. <laughs> Homelander's gonna cut his head off. Yeah, that mouth's gonna get him in trouble. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that is all it's gonna be. And Homelander's gonna be like, all right, that was fun. 
he talked a lot. Yeah, you know, like I actually agreed with John when we were talking about it. I said, yes, Superman, because of the whole physics thing. But I think I sort of talked myself into thinking that it would be Homelander. Unless Superman's just distracting him and then Batman just sneaks up behind and takes him out. Oh, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I have a better one. Same two people, but evil Superman from Superman 3. Oh. I'm thinking Superman wins. Mutually assured destruction. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Superman's going to take it if it's evil Superman from Superman. I don't know, dude. <laughs> He's on tar. It's all fucked up, Steve. Tar's a bitch. But all but, need compound V. That now that's the thing. He doesn't need compound V. But also, I don't know, like what I don't, what we have not taken into consideration, and I have to see the breakdown of what exactly is emitting from his eyes. Like, what are they both shooting? Like, what's coming out of their eyes? I don't know, and I don't know if what's coming out of their eyes can actually penetrate Superman or penetrate um, Homelander. I don't know. I will say this too: uh, Homelander definitely has a better use of his heat vision. Ooh. Oh, like Superman's so busy welding up planes that are mm-hmm. going down. <laughs> Homelander's like, let's cut that plane in half and everything in it without getting too far into it. That scene where he goes into that factory where the terrorists yeah, are yeah. was one of my favorite scenes from the entire thing. Yeah. Amazing. Here's the dopest scene. Almost as good as Butcher with the baby. <laughs> oh, that was fantastic too. That was great. But I still, <laughs> my favorite scene is him a homelander walking in the dark with his eyes glowing oh, looking from place that, i was like oh how menacing yeah, is that holy yeah. crap dude i said that is the scariest scene i have seen in a while and i've watched a few horror movies lately i said <laughs> i would rather fight that random monster than seeing this superhero coming down the stairs looking for me with his eyes glowing especially seeing that it could just slice through people like what oh, boy does he hey man i've got a question if you're listening this is going to be a i don't know about significant spoiler but it is a spoiler nonetheless so if you are not interested in any spoilers about the boys i would jump off maybe fast forward for about five minutes because this is something that i've been wanting to talk about because it's bugging me you ready three two one spoiler time guys now what i'm getting at is um because this really kind of bothered me the boys don't necessarily have good morals. They're going to do what it takes to get the job done, right? Yes. And they're going to do some really, really dirty shit. Towards the end, there is a scene that involves Madeline Stilwell, her child, Homelander, and of course, Butcher. And it has to do with the big explosion. Yes. So I, I'm just making sure I saw this correctly. Do you think that Butcher is as bad as Homelander when it comes to morals? Because if I'm seeing this correctly... Butcher basically killed a baby. Yes. Do you know what I'm getting at, John? Yeah. They're in this confrontation, and Butcher makes a decision to go ahead and, and just, you know, blow this place to freaking kingdom come. And I'm wondering, do you think the baby's dead? If the baby's dead, Butcher killed that baby, right? So does that make him as bad as Homelander? They're more similar than he wants to admit, dude. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, Homelander's yeah. willing to do whatever it takes to do something, and butcher. butcher just did the same thing. He just said, well, screw it and flick that switch, knowing there was a baby who had nothing to do with anything in that house. And then his life was saved by the very person he hates. Let's take that into consideration. If that's the case, then technically Homelander could have saved the baby as well, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. But he didn't. 
<laughs> but I don't like think he did at all. <laughs> but that doesn't take away from the fact that, that yeah. Butcher thought it would be a good idea to blow up a baby. That's totally. all. I'm just yeah. Yeah, that was the one thing that I didn't I didn't find it off putting. I mean, I've read the boys, so it's not it wasn't off putting to me. But yeah, it was oh, yeah. like, oh shit, yeah, I think we need to have we have a question of morality here. And I was just curious because regardless mm-hmm. if that baby shows up in season two. As far as Butcher knows, he he blew that shit to Kingdom Come, right? Well, the thing, and here's the thing: what we, I think that that's true. But what I also understood was he underestimated Homelander. He didn't know he was that fast. He thought, well, screw it. Oh yeah, clearly. And I'm like, now he has to realize, oh, this guy is even better than I thought. And I think that fact is what's going to make him understand I can't beat him as a normal human being. I have to do something extra. And I think that's when they, because remember, like, Bucks just read the comic. They haven't even done the compound V injections yet, Bucks. That's another true spoiler, but that's okay. We're still talking in spoiler time. Are they even going to do that, though? That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> we should probably talk about that subtle difference. It's not subtle, actually, at all. It's actually a pretty big difference. <laughs> that's a massive difference. And the whole, um, are we still in spoiler zone? Sure, why not? The whole mother's milk thing in the comic where he gets his strength from. <gasps> That's right. I thought if they switched that to Homelander, because oh, there's that dude. a couple of scenes where he's like lying on the sofa with Stillwell. With Stillwell. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, is that where they're going with this? And that would make sense of the name. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Because mother's milk is just, he's not powered. He's not. But the concept of where he got his powers from, have they switched that over to Homelander and Stillwell? That's very interesting, man. Speaking of the lap lay, there was a um, thing that I, I missed. I had to rewind it because I didn't understand how he figured out that it was a lie. So I had to rewind, watch the, the episode again. And I'm like, oh, it was the laying on the lap where she said something different. I was like, oh, snap. Yeah, because he'd mentioned that there were little subtle differences and that he had yes, to go back. Yes, I didn't hear it, so I had to rewind it and hear it. And I was like, oh, that That's is a- 100% Steve why I think that this show deserves a rewatch. Like, mm. it's just, you can only, I mean, there's just those people that can take every single nuance of a show and just remember it. I don't have that. Like, I have to write notes and shit just to get, remember a lot of these things a lot of time. Or just do multiple viewings. This one, it doesn't feel like it's work to me, though. Like, I want to go back and I want to start seeing all the little things that I missed. And and just on top of that, I just love the story. I love the way it's presented. So, yeah, for sure, man. If anybody is going to rewatch something. I think this is definitely one thing to rewatch. Yeah, but like Johnny said, this departure from them having the be in their veins is huge because that was what made the boys the boys. Like, right. the, Let's talk about that. Yeah, the superheroes would try to attack them and for a while they didn't realize, they're like, oh, let's just take care of these guys. Then all of a sudden they're like, wait, my punch normally like takes people's heads off. Why is he not affected? And slowly that's how their name kind of gets around, being like, these guys can just come in and kill superheroes. Which was unheard of. They make it look easy in the book. Make it look easy, exactly. They know how to kill superheroes. And I think if they depart from it, in my opinion, let me change that. Eric Kripke is killing it. So maybe he can depart from it and without any situation. But I think, I don't don't think they're going to, I think they're going to give them the compound 
And then you're going to see them now when all of them can already fight. Seeing them on the next level is going to be crazy. They're like, oh, these guys are now close to unstoppable. Close. Because they're still in the comic book. They're still not a problem for Homelander. These guys are not a problem. For those that don't know, Compound V is handled differently from television to comic. In the comic, it is something that the soups don't necessarily need. There's also a lighter dose of this Compound V that floats around. And it's used to, you know, to sustain uh, energy, basically. It's used to recover from certain uh, sexual antics, you know, (laughs) of the teenage kicks. It's also it's like a lighter dose of compound B that's mixed with cocaine. I think they call it blue, if I'm not mistaken. So do you think in the, uh, you know, in the comic, the soups are actually bred in labs, essentially. And I'm getting from the television show that they are selected. I don't know if they're even volunteered. I get the feeling with Starlight's case, they're volunteered yeah, for, for this money. compound B yeah. injection that that makes them a soup. So if you take someone like, say, A-Train, does A-Train have... Do you think he was created and injected as a baby, but yeah. he's just got like a substance abuse problem? Yeah. So he wants like double. Is it double that he's getting? You think if it's just well, compound V? Because they never said that it was a blue, like a, almost like a steroid type of thing. Like they're they're making it out to be. Yeah, it's like a boost. It's like a taking more just bo- enhances him even more. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. It's like it's sort of the way they're created in the first place as infants can take more on top to amp up even more, but that will only last for a certain amount of time. That's that's what I took from it. That's yeah. what I got from okay. it too. And I so also, do you think that's a nod? Sorry, Steve. I'm just curious. Do you think that that's essentially a nod to the blue? Like they're not yeah. going to show. Yeah. I cannot see yeah. them doing the uh, teenage kicks sex scene with the prostitutes in the show. No. So I'm wondering if that's what they're sort of alluding to. Like that's what they're they're throwing us a nod. Like this is the blue. Yeah, I think they've sort of combined it into the one thing. The reason I asked that question, I know it was all over the place, but that makes me wonder. If they do uh, decide to incorporate that in the next season, how do you think they're going to handle that? Do you think it's going to be like a compound V situation where they're injected and now they're fully on it? Or do you think it's going to and they're they're now with powers or do you think it's going to be the injections of blue for short term battles? Well, I think they said in the show that they struggle to use it on adults, but the way that they've treated the female, she was an adult when they've given it to her, right? Right. Well, remember, they said they kept her because she was one of the ones that made it. They're like, we kept her because she worked on her for some reason. So we kept her wrapped up. Yeah, yeah. So I guess a lot of people it won't work on. She was an anomaly. Yeah. So if that's the case, then and then I I, I doubt very much that the boys, as it were, the team are going to be jacking themselves up with anything because chances are I'll kill them. True. Or they're going to look at her and be like, if it worked on her. I wonder mm. if it's going to work on one of us or mm. maybe a certain compound. Cause like in my brain, the reason that we should have known that something was a lie was because we saw how the baby, how the things were created and the way that someone said a baby was born. They're like, Oh, that's not how it's created though. They don't just have the blood in them. Then they come out blazing out of their mom. Mm. We, that's not the truth. And I didn't catch it at first. I'm like, oh, they have IV. So automatically I'm like, oh, this whole thing isn't. I should have been like, this whole thing isn't real. But when I saw the IVs going Mm. into the baby, remember, they took that vial from the actual lab. I think those are the vials they're going to be using. 
And I think that they're going to try to go back to that lab and actually get it from the source and put mm-hmm. it into their vein. Like for Butcher, Butcher's going to do it, in my opinion. If anyone in the boys are going to try it and risk death, it will be him. Because he was mm-hmm. like, look, there's only one way I could, I could beat this person. But Johnny's right. If it's never worked on people, the chances of it working on all five of them and none of them dying is slim to none. Personally, I think it kind of weakens the group a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, it, it definitely weakens the group if you're just talking about, you know, physically. Yeah. But I'm saying from comic to television show, I think it takes something away, particularly in Huey's case. But then again, it, it adds so much more threat and so much more jeopardy. Yeah, that's true. One of the things I really liked about it was um, in the early episodes where they've got somebody in a cage. Uh-huh. And they're having to shield that situation from being detected because as soon as they're detected, that's it, game over. And the sense of the sense of threat that uh, the power difference. Do you know what I mean? From like regular people to these superpowered people, that sheer sort of gulf in 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 power makes it so much more frightening. Yeah, it raises the stakes up a bit. Yeah, so much. That you really think, shit, they're really in a bad situation, you know? That's very you got true. got a point, man. One of the things that struck me in the books was that, it, like I said, they made it seem like kind of a joke. It was like, oh, you think we're just regular people? Well, we're not, and we're going to kill you. And they do quite easily. In the book, the boys almost seemed overpowered. They just like steam through, you know, anyone that got in their way. That's true. Whereas now, then, without that advantage or even leveling the playing field, yeah, it creates a lot more tension and a lot more threat. The homeland is a lot more frightening because he's a lot more powerful in relation to the protagonist. Do you know right. what I mean? The boys sort of come together more like a team of specialized skills now. Yeah, they're really up against right. it. They've got to be smarter. You know, they can't just go in and, and, and just attack, physically attack. They've got to be smarter. They have to find other ways around. And I think I think from a storytelling point of view, that has got more potential. I think it'll be unless they do the thing where, like in the book, they had a bunch of different lower level groups that they ran through. But the higher the groups went, the harder it was for them to do it. Because they're like, okay, yeah. the better the groups are, the better at fighting these little, these, because they, like, they ran through these little like no problem group of super fighters, right? But as they mm. got higher and higher, it's like, oh, we have to, like, they were getting hurt, like legitimately hurt. Like, we can't really do anything tomorrow because we're hurt. Because mm. they're like, the better the superhero, the, even if you had compound V, these superheroes are used to having super strength and they know what to do with it. So if they yeah. start being like, okay, let's inject them and they'll run through these lower levels. But as it gets higher, you just can't do that. They're mm. just really good at what they do. And they've had it in their bones for how many years? Because look at Adrian. Like for, for Adrian, he had the compound V, but he started slowing down. Even he started slowing down because he's like, I'm, what did he say, 26 or 27? He's like, I can't run like I used to. So age still affects them. As they yeah. get older, it still affects them. So maybe it's like there's something to this, oh, the longer it's in your bone or somewhere, you can't just inject it and know how to use these powers. But if they do go and say, forget it, we're not going to give them the power, I would be shocked. I, especially for what they're doing is they're saying, we know a lot of you guys have read the comics, but we don't care. We're going to take it another direction. But for the people who haven't read the comics, I think them inject, injecting the compound would be so cool to them. 
They'd be like, oh my God, this is awesome. I think they would just blow their minds. And I I just don't see them not. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't do it till the end of season two, though, or season three. But it needs to be done at some point, at least one of them. They'd have to at least touch on it. It's going to be the butcher. It's going to be the, well, you know what? It might be Huey. I'm thinking it's going to be Huey. I would really like to see that. (laughs) It might be Huey where it's just like, it's not working on me, fellas. And because we saw he had anger issues. And what if he has it? He starts punching walls and his hand like goes through the wall. And they're like, it worked. Because we saw him punching a brick wall. Yeah. That wasn't for nothing. That was really random too. And like the comic, it does show him in his head saying what he wants to say to people, but then yes. you know, he doesn't do that. He doesn't act on that kind of thing. Oh, dude. That would be pretty great. Because you can't, you can't afford to lose Butcher. If it kills someone, he's the last person in the group you want it to kill. So Huey would. I'm going to get really happy if, okay, let's talk season two. Some predictions. Just I have one that kind of leads yes. me from where you're coming from. What if we get the legend in season two? I don't think we will. He has a lot of info. Yes, that's the thing. We need to have him. But if we have him, he's got to be very different because he was basically a Stan Lee piss take. Oh, you're right. So he's, he can't look like that. He can't look like anything that. like because that. Because he was You're supposed totally to be Stan right. Lee, right? <laughs> so. I would love Jackie Earl Haley to play Legend. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, that would be great. Well, he said previous as well that he was in Preacher, so they know him. Oh, that would be so good, yeah. dude. He him, would I be think, so good. And Yeah, it would be good. I think they'd have to de-Stan him, though, you know? Oh, no, because, out, of out of respect. Yeah. yeah. Now... Out of curiosity, do y'all think that the last scene was a real scene or was it a an out-of-body experience scene? I think it was real. I think they're taking it in another direction. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, they've just added something to the story that they can they can they technically could use a whole season out of that. You know what I mean? They can make a whole season out of that now. Well, see, here's yeah. my problem then. All right. Spoilers for the next two minutes, ladies and gentlemen. Three, two, one. So my issue is, so if the compound V, the kids aren't born this way, right? Right. Apparently they are because she had to give birth to another Homelander. Maybe that's the outcome of soups breeding with normal humans. True, but they didn't know. So that's what I'm saying. So apparently that's, it is possible because they were saying like, oh, it would kill the mother. Yeah. As they sort of fictitiously said it did. Yes. Yes. And so they're like, it would... But it didn't. They were. She was just in hiding. So, uh, so I'm just surprised that. How are they going to explain how soups never bred with a person? They were just really, really careful. <laughs> Super. <laughs> it just makes no sense. It makes zero. I was like, wait, what? Well, you know what, though, Steve. That's why these people are making these shows, and we're sitting here talking about them right now. That's true. I can't wait for them to say, "Oh, this mm. is why no one's ever tried to." Or maybe they had some sort of rule that they had to be aborted. If you did, because they have these sex parties, someone's going to get pregnant. Interesting. All right. Two minutes done. All right. Fair enough. Just I just it was like, that doesn't make any sense for me. Someone would have done something. This opens up a brand new group of possibilities. And it also made Homelander look even more insidious when he was like, I squeezed a person until they told me the truth. You know what he meant by that? He literally (laughs) squeezed somebody. I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) 
He has no end, bro. No, it gives him pleasure to squeeze somebody, particularly when he's stepping on their head. Dude, he's just a oh. monster. And now I want to know, even though Billy's going to be upset, it's still a connection that now both he and Homelander have. Oh, it's going to be good, dude. Yeah. Plus they're Eskimo brothers. Dude, that's gross. <laughs> okay, here's a question. Do y'all think it was willing Eskimo brothers? If you know what I mean? <laughs> I think they're two separate occasions if that's what you're getting at. I don't think they London bridged her. No, I'm, I'm saying, do you think... Oh, that's gross. Um, I'm saying, do you think that it was an, a consensual thing with Homelander? Johnny knows where I'm coming uh, from. Do you think it was a consensual thing with Homelander? Or do you think it happened the unfortunate way? Well, if you go back to the footage that they showed him, remember they showed Butcher mm. some footage of his wife entering the hotel room with Homelander, then coming back out three mm. hours later and she's putting on her high heel and stuff. So it looks to me, yeah. he did say that, I forgot what it was, but it's like, you know, women just like me because I'm Homelander is essentially what it came out to. What are you going to do? They throw themselves at yeah, me. Yeah, but it is Homelander. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, it is Homelander. <laughs> so who knows what he but did? But she didn't really, this is just my opinion, of course, she didn't look necessarily disturbed when she came out of that room. Now, maybe she's just got yeah. amazing composure and she knew she had to go out in public, you know, so she composed herself. But that's really digging into what we saw right there. To me, mm. it kind of seems like she just walked out. There's no telling that they actually had sex in that room or not. But if we're going off of what we've seen, personally, I think that she was she was okay with it. She was consenting. Oh, I can't wait to hear the story because I know they're going to be like a switcheroo. I know it. They're going to be like, what happened in that room was this. Yeah, but it also doesn't necessarily explain why she walked out at the very end. Well, I mean, I think she was walking to someone who's like, we got to take you away. She pulled a Billy Batson's mom and she just bounces out and she's gone without any type of notice or anything for a very long well, time. Well, yeah, because they're like, you are carrying something that you cannot be in society with. So we have to put you in witness protection. That's true. That's who I think she was walking to. Yeah. Where they're like, hey, you have to come with us. Because if you stay here, it was almost for her own good, dude. Because who knows what that monster would have done? I don't think we're supposed totally. to know just yet. But yeah. if we're making predictions, you know, honestly, I don't know, man. It's the boys. It could really go either way. But I'm thinking that I'm thinking she's aware. Like she was willing is what I'm trying to say. I'm thinking she was coerced. Something happened where she was coerced to do this thing. She grinned and bared it. Because I don't think they'd make it that simple that she had, oh, this happened, such is life, and now she's, They, no, they could have paid her off, man. She, if the, you think about it. If they're charging $300 million a year, no, for three months, was it? $300 million for three months to have a soup in your city. Now they're farming. Because now, totally true. technically, according to the television show, this could be one of the first hybrids that we know of, at least. Totally. So if you're getting 300 mil, However, now you got a hybrid, maybe you're getting more. But then how? But then the thing is, if you get a bunch of money and then you have to go to witness protection, you can't even spend the money. Homelander's everywhere. She has to stay quiet. So I think what happened was, like, I don't think she, like, it legitimate. Now, mind you, they might do a switcheroo. It legit looks like she loved her husband. However, she did say, take it easy on the sauce. So how good was their relationship really? We don't know what kind of husband Billy was, but for it was enough for her to be like, I kind of need you on your best behavior today. So maybe he was pushing her away a little bit. And Homelander is that guy that seems like all American. You know, the opposite of Billy. 
or the uh, opposite of butcher. You know what I'm saying? So, I, but in my opinion, it seemed like he, she genuinely loved him. And I don't think it's as simple as a normal soap opera. I know. You know what, Steve, honestly, if I'm being real with you, I think I'm just giving like an opposing opinion just for the sake of the conversation. But in in truth, you're probably right, because there's so much more backstory that they have to provide. We know that terror exists. We didn't see terror, but one time, but we saw the dog toys and everything like that. So there's still a lot of their backstory that they have to tell. I was really hoping Mm -hmm. that when she walked out of that room or out of the house that you're going to see terror at her feet. Oh, <laughs> been amazing. Uh, but something happened to terror. Yes. Do you think they're going to show? Cause we know what happens in the book. Do you think they're just going to have it in a different timeline? Well, not only did this happen, but they did this to him too. I don't know, but I just think that they wouldn't put terror in. They would not show that. Yes. I get it. Easter egg and, and some fan service. I don't think yes. that they would have included the dog toys and that scene of, of terror where even though it was like two seconds long, they don't do that for a reason. Mm. Terror is a big part of the comic. Dan. Yo. It's my favorite show of the year. <laughs> it's over. I like, the more I talk about this, I'm like, dude, this is one season. And we have this much to say. <laughs> it's not close. <laughs> Should we give our rating? Are we about uh, wrapped up with what we... Oh, dude, I don't want to go over... I don't want to go overboard, Dan. <laughs> Breathe a little bit, man. It's good for you. There were problems. There were unanswered questions. You had issues. Hold on. I'm going to go overboard. Yep. It's over. I'm going to go overboard. Oh, but I do. Real quick before we do that, can I ask, can I uh, like offer a question? Absolutely. Uh Dream casting. For as many characters as you can dream cast in your brain and can remember offhand, who would be your dream cast? Even though this cast is wonderful. Bucks, who is your dream cast for the boys? Dreamcast. I suck at this so bad. Well, the main one would be Simon Pegg as Huey. Oh, goodness. That was an obvious one. I didn't But it was good to have him in the show as a nod. <laughs> it was good to have him in the show. I still don't know why they couldn't have still used him, to be honest. You know what? You're right. He looks great. He does look great. He looks fantastic. And, yeah. oh, and he's like, he would be such a bumbling, like, I'm too old to do this. <laughs> Yeah, he could be he could be in exactly the same situation at totally the age right. that he is now. Totally um, right, dude. So uh, that's that's what I would have liked, and the, and him for him to be Scottish, and so we get to have the bit where you know from the books where he goes back to Scotland and all that sort of stuff. That would have been lovely. Yeah, I'm thinking that was budget stuff right there. We can eliminate Scotland now. We don't have to do any on location <laughs> stuff. We keep it all in America. I think, no, I think he was. I think the budget stuff was just um him, Simon Pegg. To have him in every episode. Yeah, I think he's just too too busy. He's too big, dude. He's in Mission Freaking Impossible. You can't have him like, I. we have you locked down for eight episodes. But like, jeez, dude. But what I'm saying is they could have had another Scott in the role. Yes, it would be awesome if they had Simon Pegg in it because that's, you know, we know why, of course. But they could have put another Scottish guy in there and they still would have that issue of having to go back. So oh. to me, it just seems like it's a budget thing, completely all the way around a budget thing. Well, since it doesn't happen till three seasons, like like way in the further comics, and Amazon, they don't even know what budget problems are. They're like, what's they that? Don't, yeah, what is a budget? We make a billion dollars a freaking six, every six months. They're willing to put in, remember, they're trying to make their own Lord of the Rings, which it's not called Lord of the Rings, but they're like, yeah, we're putting that much money in to every episode. So I just think that they really, in my opinion, that Quaid is what got him that job. 
I like Jack Quaid. I'm really starting to enjoy him as an actor. Uh, I loved him in Plus yeah, One, man. He's plus great. One was fantastic. I thought I thought he was the weak link in the cast. Fair enough. I mean, I, I could see that everyone's going to have someone that they that they pick as the weak link, of course. But I think he did a really good job. I liked him. I'm sorry, uh, John. What was the rest of your picks? Do you have anybody else that you would switch out? I would have quite liked Ray Stevenson as Butcher. He was the guy in Punisher Warzone. He was the Punisher in the 2008 movie. Oh, he would have been a great butcher. Yeah, he's he's a proper <laughs> Londoner as well, so we wouldn't have had the accent problems. The picture that I'm looking at on IMDb, like he could totally be butcher. That's crazy. Yeah, he's massive as well. He's a big guy. What's that one dude that plays all the um, all the uh, villains, and he's like big into soccer? Oh, not Vinnie Jones. Yes, you don't think no, Vinnie Jones would have no. been a good? Why not? <laughs> He's not good. <laughs> oh no! I'm the juggernaut, bitch. Oh yeah. Oh, as God. butcher, though, I'm saying as He's butcher. He's a bit too blocky. He's, he's really? not got the chops, man. He's not got yeah. the acting chops, man. The guy's, <laughs> I love Vinny Jones, man. I love Vinny Jones. Yeah, the guy's more wooden than something big and full of wood. He's terrible. <laughs> and you don't think, what about, and Statham's out of the question. Yeah, he's James too Statham, little. Isn't he like three feet high? Yeah, he is. I saw him in London one time with... Um, no, you uh, didn't. Yeah, yeah, just at the r- railway station, at Charing Cross Station, yeah. When he was dating Kelly Brook, who's... Stunning, gorgeous woman. She is. Um, and she was towering over him. The guy's like three feet high. Oh, and that's rising. why he looks. That's why he looks so bulky because he's tiny, tiny little man. I did man. not know that. I'm compact, mate. Next time you see him, and you have a fucking good look at him. <laughs> his his head in relation to his body, you can tell he's a little dude. Hey, come over here and take a fucking look at me. Look at me head. Look how big my head is in comparison to me body. Yeah, I'll fucking kick your head off. <laughs> now, do you think... You'd be like you would, too. I'll kick him in the face. No, he's good. He, I mean, <laughs> he's... He's, so he's, uh, he's, you know, he's good at what he does. I love Crank. That's the best thing he's ever done in my book. Have you guys seen Crank? Yeah, I'd have to agree with you, dude. That is the Crank's an amazing movie. film. <laughs> but, um, you know, he's, he's good. He's, he's good. He's a good lad. But, uh, he's, yeah, he's no, he's no Billy Butcher. You don't think the Hound would have made a good Butcher? Yeah, yeah, he would. Be I would have loved the Hound as the as the butcher. What, what's it? Well, I forgot his name, but he would have been a good. But you don't think so, Dan? I don't know. I, you know what? Maybe I'm just. Be, I know you want dream casting, but I got to be honest with you. Outside of which, I never noticed in the first place the whole accent thing that Johnny's saying, and the fact that he has a beard. I, I it really. I think he did a great fucking job, man. I kind of loved Carl Urban in the role. Yeah, oh, I, I did. I did. Apart from the accent, I thought he was fantastic. I'm a huge Carl Urban fan. Like in the 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 Dread movie, twenty twelve Dread movie, I he was it. phenomenal. As a massive Dread fan, he's great. Oh, I wanted the, I wanted a sequel so bad. Oh man, where they went wrong with that film was only releasing it in three D. It was such a stupid maneuver. There's so many people don't. There was no two D print released, not in the UK anyway. It only came out in three D, and it was beautiful in three D. But so many people don't like three D films. Right. That's it like it cut out two thirds of the potential audience. It was such a shame because it's such a great movie. But hey, well, there see, may be a TV show. There's a TV show in development, so fingers there was crossed a, for that. Randomly, and we're gonna get right back on the topic. I wanted. I also wanted a sequel to Hardcore Henry, but I never got that. 
So life is just, I was like, okay, we're not going to get that. Well, that, <laughs> that. But in my dream cast, there's only one person I switch out other than, I can't even think of who would do Mother's Milk because Mother Milk is a big fella. We'd have to get a newcomer. But my dream cast would be Army Hammer as uh, Homelander. I think that he looks like Homelander. He does have more of that traditional superhero kind of look. Yes, his big voice. How are like and him being evil would be like, oh, no one would believe what I'm seeing him do right now. Because as soon as he walks out the building, they'll be like, oh, hey, Homelander, he looks so nice because he has that traditional six, six foot four, clean shaven, deep voice. That's Homelander for me now. Anthony Starr is Homelander. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, my brain, is, I mean, obviously he really is, but I think like, he's incredible. Yes. If I had not read the boys and I just watched that, he, a, he would still be my favorite character in the show, Oh, but no he's question. just so convincing in that role, man. He's so good. And then bruh, do you, I'll just say one, one, uh, one phrase, put those arms to your side and sit down, Missy. Ooh. Ooh. That was such a good scene. Oh my God. God, dude. Yeah. I said everyone was like, you might want to do what he said. Yeah, the whole room got quiet <laughs> on that part. Yeah, yeah. The only person <laughs> that wasn't tripping was Black Noir. He was just looking like, oh, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> it's the way he sw- can switch from the smile oh, to dude. the, to, to, you know, from good to evil in a flick. That blink, because as soon as it, the eyes went amazing. back to him, he's like, he's like, okay, now. I was like, oh my God, this guy is a menace. There's yeah. another part he does it really well where he's uh he's trying to locate um translucent and he goes yes. and talks to that assistant Annika. Oh dude. Yeah. And she's like, Well, I don't know if I should be talking to you right now. I should get Madeline still on the phone. He's like, Yeah, but I'm I'm Homelander. She's like, Well, I don't know if I should be talking to you. And he's all, What's your name? Annika? Yeah. Well, I'm the Homelander and I can do whatever the fuck I want. He tells her. <laughs> and, then he, and then he grabs yeah. her hand and he puts and he it on the And he smiles while he does it. Yeah. And he's like, like Now, oh please. It was it was so good. Here's what scared me so much. Not scared me. This isn't even, I guess, I, I used the wrong word. Were you cowering under a blanket, Steve? It was exactly. So I was intimidated because he's like, they were looking on the, the, t- the TV screen and you saw this thing zip past and then zip past. And he's like, that's Homelander. He and did. he's just using his yeah. x-ray uh-huh. vision to scour, to scour the city. I said, oh my God, that is freaking creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and exactly. then he found him, stopped at the van. He's like, hey. I yeah. said, oh, my. And then he said, do you have a warrant? And Homelander just looked at him and was like, come on, Jay. <laughs> yeah. Do you really want the answer to this? Do you really want to play this game today? There's only one person that's not scared of him, and it's Butcher because he's more mad at him than yeah. scared. He hates him, but he respects his powers. Exactly. And for the fact that he's like, uh, I love that Homelander was like, I've never witnessed this before. You're not scared of me. I said all this. And I think that is one of the reasons he 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 uh, did what he did at the end. He's like, this human being's not worried about me. I want him around a little bit. You're a worthy adversary. Exactly. He's like, this can be fun. And he is. Dude, this Eric Kripke. Let me tell you something, bro. You're listening. I know you are. You are a genius. You are a freaking genius. And I'm going to yeah, echo right. your sentiment, Steve. I've thought about it a lot, actually. Now, yes, I'm very pro superhero things. You know, I love Marvel and all of that. But oh, this yeah. is not something that I can lump into that category. This is a category all of its own. Yes, it does have elements that remind you of those things. But this is unlike anything else that's out right now. And 
I think that Amazon is in the process of scaring the shit out of Netflix. Oof. I mean, because they are a force to be reckoned with right now, and it's only uh-huh. going to get worse for them. Picard's come in on Amazon. Oh, yes. Is that on Amazon? I thought it was on. Oh, you're getting it in Amazon. Yeah, yeah. You lucky dog. We have what to do, do the CBS uh, act- oh, all access. Okay. So it's a subscription use- thing. But Steve, uh, I know a guy. Don't worry. I know a guy. Okay. <laughs> but also, the, the big deal is, here's what Amazon is doing so smart that Netflix can't. Netflix does not have something that can say, hey, if you apply for U.S. mail, you automatically get these streaming shows. Right. It's a huge advantage, man. It's a huge advantage. They're like, hey, if you want your packages delivered tomorrow, pay this money. And guess what else you get? Yeah. A free streaming service. And you're like, oh. I think we need you for the commercial, Steve. That was I almost wanted to go buy Amazon right now. <laughs> Dude, it makes total sense. You're like. And Amazon's like, we'll just tie it in because we, if we lose $300 million on a show, we get that money back tomorrow because we own Whole Foods. We own this. We own... It's over with, dude. Am, like, Netflix is going to... If they keep on raising their prices... And don't forget, Disney's coming. And Disney owns at both the number one and number two movies, highest grossing movies of all time that they can have exclusively on their streaming site. And I'll even say even younger bucks, like Shudder. Shudder is going to start pulling all the horror movies to theirs. And Netflix is going to be like, well, what do we have? We have Netflix originals, and they're not good enough to warrant $11 a month. No. Because they're hit and miss. If you get the Disney streaming channel, Amazon Prime, and Shudder, do you really need Netflix? That's a problem, Dan. You hit it now. You hit the nail on the head. It's an important time right now in media. No, it really is, you know, because there's so many streaming services. I know we've talked about this before, yeah. but there's so many streaming services right now that it's going to be those those little things like that, Steve, that keep people ahead of the of the pack. You know what I'm saying? So yes. it's just this really cool time to be alive. I think that we are really kind of already are on the ass end of any kind of disc. Yes, we have 4K disc and things like that. Oh, 4K. Remind me about that. But um. I think that pretty soon it's, we're just going the way of digital streaming. And now's the time where people, where these companies are going to make their mark and it's going to be only the strong survive. Five years from now, I think we're going to have a lot more answers of who made it through this. And I oh, do think no that Netflix question. will still be around, but I think it's going to be Netflix, Amazon, and Disney doing whatever, including Hulu, like in that whole mix. That's going to be your three biggies right there and possibly Shudder. I think you got a good point there. I, I'm shocked that sh- like I shouldn't be. Because the horror movie genre is bigger than people think. There's a resurgence too. Yeah, and they said we don't need 4% of the market. We need 0.7. And we're making $40 million a year, $50 million a year in profit. And we're part of we're part of a bigger uh a bigger television thing. We don't need to make all this money. And they're genius. They're not trying to become Netflix. But here's what I'll say: even the little point whatever percent. It's taking away from Netflix. And right now, Netflix needs every single percentage. Because, man, when Disney comes in, bro, with their streaming service, how many television stations do they own? Not enough, according to them. According <laughs> to them, them not enough. But, yeah, um, I'm really looking. I don't. The, the good thing that Seth Rogen and Goldberg did that was really, 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 really smart was they went to a studio that budget isn't a problem. And this looks like a movie every single episode. When he takes off and they do that, boof. It rivals Man of Steel, in my opinion. Easily, dude. And he, how many times does he do it, Dan? Oh, yeah. How many times does he do it? A grip. 
Yeah, but there's one in particular the where he's uh, talking to Frenchie at the van. Oh, dude, dude. That was probably my favorite one. I yeah. think my favorite one is uh, when they were getting shot at and he's walking outside the building and they're like, he said, where's the shooter? He's like 33rd floor. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that was sick. <laughs> he crashes through the window and he's like, so like I was saying. Gee, that is yeah. so dumb. She's like, elevator? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That is so, now, one, another thing that's different in this movie or in the show, the movie, Starlight can't fly. Yes, I had that in my notes. Is that weird or no? Maybe I mean maybe we truly don't know if she can or not. I assume that's she true. can. No, you're right. You're right. You're but right. But they maybe they just haven't touched on it because that's the first thing I thought when I saw the scene in the park. I'm like, oh. oh, they're not. They're not going there. And they discover that they're each other immediately. Yeah. They're like, oh, you're such and such. Oh, you're right. such and such. Whereas it works, t- dude. They're firing on every cylinder, bro. They're like, let's get this bull jive out front in the front so that we can move forward. <laughs> yeah. There's so much more to tell. I have one more thought. Please. And has anyone seen this in 4K? No. Oh, big money, Dan. Ah, oh, Charlie Potatoes over there. <laughs> Check out Charlie Potatoes strolling down Rich Street. What you want? You want French fries? You want au gratin? What you want? Look at this baked, dude. Damn. Scalloped. Um, Check this guy out. Damn. I will tell you something, guys. If you do have 4K, and you, I don't know, this is just my experience, but when I looked on Amazon, I saw only the standard version. If you actually search the boys 4K, you can find it there. However, I'm going to say something, and I'm going to be super discreet. <laughs> I'm going to be very uh, vague about this. 4K can be super harsh sometimes when you're watching it. Cool. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm not, uh, shut up, Steve. Shut up. <laughs> shut up. I'm just saying, I'm going to be real with you. No, I'm serious. There was something that was seen in the 4K that was so harsh, I actually went back to the other version, and it was better. So I'm just putting it out there. Shit got too real. (laughs) Yeah, it's just way too real, bro. But I just wanted to point that out to anyone that has 4K, and and maybe you haven't noticed this. I hope I haven't ruined it for you, but it was off-putting, to say the least, and I'll just leave it at that. (laughs) Other than that, does anyone have any final thoughts before we rate? Well, there was one moment where I realized that before I knew whether you liked the show or not, I knew, Dan, that you loved the show. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. I was so mad. Yes. Thank you, John. Thank you for my validation. And I thought, if Dan isn't in at this point, then he definitely <laughs> is in now. Templeman said it himself that uh, Spice Girls are butcher approved. So, dude, that there is you go. so. I love that he said. Case closed. Why do you know so? He's like, why do you know so much about this girl? Uh, I loved like, it. Just, I loved how it was like, what's Baby Spice doing these days? But when they all come together, <laughs> I don't know. Like, of course, you don't how, fucking know. <laughs> uh, amazing. He's like, how do you know so much about this group? And he wasn't wrong. No, but yeah, I just thought Dan's going to be so happy now. I loved it, man. I'm telling you, Steve, they're bigger than you think. I'm not saying you have to like them. I'm just saying they're still But Mel B is still a thing. She did not drop off. So I was like, wait a minute. Mel B is making ducats doing like America. What did she do? America's Got Talent, right? So she's doing fine. She's pretty too. She really is. But yeah, don't thank you. Thank you very much, Johnny, because it just validates. I know you don't agree with me, John, but it's still. I just thought Dan's going to be happy and that made me happy. I was. I had a big-ass grin on my face. <laughs> and sooner or later, which were things we were talking about off mic, but I'll, I'll expand on that a little bit more. <laughs> okay. You guys ready to rate? Let's yeah. do it. 
Bucks, what do you give the boys on Amazon? Um, what, what unit of measurement am I going to choose? I love that you play along. <laughs> I'm going to give it four laser babies out of five. I like that. Nice. Nice. How about you, Steve? I'm going to give this four crowbars out of five. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and give this one four out of five vials of compound V. I know that's a little boring, but I, trust me, the other ones in my head are a lot better, but I'm trying to keep the listeners. Perfect. I agree with you. I think that this is the, for me, the best show that I've seen this year. I don't know what's going to top it, but I welcome it because if it can top this, it's going to be freaking awesome. But uh, I, The Boys for me is a winner, and I got a feeling, folks, that you will be hearing us talking about this more uh, as time goes on. All right, fellas, I got to get out of here, but I love Johnny. Love you, Dan. People, I hope you enjoy the boys. Go check it out. I love y'all. Can't wait till the next time I talk to y'all. Your boy is out. Peace. Before we go, Johnny, where can these people get a hold of you? Uh, you can catch me on Facebook. You can catch me at um, groovesyband.com and majestic-12.uk. And hopefully I'll be popping up on the airwaves again soon. Oh, I have a feeling that's definitely going to happen, which we're gonna not going to say much about that. But guys... These little breaks we take sometimes produce a very fantastic idea. And we'll talk about that more. I just want to say, John, thank you so much for coming on, man. You know, you're a true friend to us. We love having you on anytime. So you're welcome any single time you want to thank come on. Thank you so much, you know man. That. I'm such a huge fan of you guys. And um, it's an absolute honor to be asked to, to be on the show. So it's always great to chatting with you and, and Steve. So, yeah, thanks a lot, man. Thanks for having me. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the end of the show. My name is Dan Ramirez. For Steve Hudson and Johnny Bucks, we are the Heroes of Noise. I'm going to be talking about something real quick. We have a giveaway coming up that's boys related and uh, more on that later. Ladies and gentlemen, be good to yourselves. Be good to the people around you. Peace. (laughs) 